The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing content topic selection and buyer intent. Joining me is Damian Burton, who's founder and president of SEO National. SEO National is a transparent search engine marketing agency that increases sales without paying for ads. As mentioned, Damian and I are going to be diving in today to discuss if content is king, are all topics created equally? And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's my conversation with Damian Burton, founder and president of SEO National. Damian, welcome back to the podcast. What's up, Tyson? Good to be back. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, so you've been on with Ben before. It's our first time uh, getting to chat on the podcast. But yeah, today we're going to be diving into topic selection. And I think this is a, a great area. I think the traditional or common way a lot of people go about this is maybe unique rankings from a competitor, chase after that high search volume, kind of big impact term. But as we know, not all topics are necessarily equal. So maybe just to to set the groundwork for the listeners, how do you think about or what is kind of the the framework that you think about in topic selection for a company that you're working with? 
Yeah, this is a great question, not only for business owners, but then also to understand is maybe your window shopping SEO agencies and what kind of separates the implied performance between different agencies is do they have an intentional strategy? So, I mean, do you want high search volume or do you want money? You know, you probably want money. So when you look at these things, it even starts before the topics. It even goes back to just the basics of keyword research. So do you want the short tail high volume words or do you want slightly more specificity and maybe a little bit longer tail that implies higher buyer intent? So the difference between, uh, is the same thing between keywords and, and topics is you want to get in front of the people that want your thing. And so when you start digging into the topics and the keywords, you know, I'll give you a great example that always comes to mind because it was my first client that we had 16 years ago and who are still with us today. They do electronic manufacturing. And so they deal a lot with printed circuit boards, but they don't sell printed circuit boards. They take that good and put it together with other electronic components and make a final good. And so before we came along, they were spending like 80% of their budget on printed circuit boards, but that's not their product. So they were literally burning 80% of their budget. Now, instead, they need printed circuit board assembly, right? Just that one word made a difference on the intent of the audience and the buyer. So what you want to focus on is, you know, do you want one in a hundred people buying your thing because you go for the broader term, or do you want eight out of 10 because it's more specific. So really focus on the intent of what you're pushing out instead of just the vanity metrics of, hey, I got this high search volume and rank for a thing that nobody buys. Absolutely. I mean, first off, I completely agree with that. And I think search volume is a great KPI to take into account. But obviously there are other factors of like the quality of the user, the intent of the user coming to your website. What's your process for understanding that intent? And like, how would you go about from like a workflow standpoint of having, let's say, higher quality topic selections for whether it's new page creation or what have you? Yeah, we go through, we kind of build out a, a, a documented process and it starts with onboarding with the client. And so obviously the client knows a little bit more intimately their customer in the beginning than, than we might before we start digging into the data. So you, you interview the client or you talk to the subject matter expert and say, what are the types of things that run through your consumer's head? And then that's your starting point, that's your seed. And then from there, you kind of remove the emotions from it and then let data reveal the rest. And so you can start to put it into, there's all sorts of free tools that are out there. You can use Google Autocomplete. So you just go start to type in the phrase and then Google will suggest the, the, you know, you type in two words and it'll give you five more that fall behind it. That's Google literally telling you what other people tend to type in when they start that query. So look at those and see if any of those imply buyer intent. There's also other tools out there. You can use spyfoo.com, which is a great tool that's free and you can basically do the same thing. Type in a starter word and then see what the data reveals, what other people are already asking. Another big one that a lot of people will be familiar with is Answer the Public. You can go in there and that's going to give you the who, what, when, where, and why of what people are already asking. So instead of just shotgunning your approach, or as we talked about the vanity metrics of just aiming for volume only, look at what's already out there and get in front of the existing demand. And then there's another website that I've actually, I don't know how long it's been around, but I only found out about it recently. It's called AlsoAsked.com. It's very similar to Answer the Public, but I actually like it a little bit more. And, and that's, that says a lot because I like Answer the Public. But also asked gives a little more granularity and will actually type out broader sentence matches and more specificity about what your audience is asking. But what's cool about it is it'll give you an example and then you can click on it and it'll expand it and drill deeper and give you 10 more examples about that specific thing. So 
I'll give you a really horrible example shooting at the hip. Like, you know, maybe we're selling apples. And so we type in apples and then it gives you a branch that says, well, we got red apples and green apples and yellow apples. Well, then cool. I'll click on red apples and then it goes deeper specifically about red apples. So you can get more and more granular and get more and more into the mindset of the person that you're trying to get content in front of. Excellent. And with that last piece, like how are you approaching kind of the clustering or the prioritization of topics and Maybe to, to expand on that a little bit, I was having a conversation with a team member just, you know, the other week and we were talking about different topic ideas that a client was working on implementing and we were finding different ones that had value in the same kind of like, yep, that's in the vein of what their expected buyer's journey would be. And then we were starting to kind of group them together in more similar related ones. So we were timing the all the pieces of content that would be related to a certain aspect in one kind of sprint or wave and then the next one would be a little bit kind of different and we're talking through just the advantages of having pieces of content that are supporting each other versus just one over on left field one over on right field and kind of being that are you taking like a similar approach to it or like, how would you prioritize the types of content if, let's say, we found 10 that are all like a fit for the business, but they're all slightly different areas of focus? Yeah, great question. So there's a couple of ways you could prioritize it. One is seasonality. Is there a seasonality to the product or service? You know, is winter peak or off season versus summer peak or off season? For me, I tend to lean more into customer preference. So one example that comes to mind is um, a client that does plastic surgery. They like some surgeries better than others. And so you can actually talk to the client or, or ask yourself if you are the client in this case. And, and there's basically two options. One is what has higher, higher service demand that you can perform more of those or sell more of those or which has higher profit margins. And so you can prioritize based on that or just personal preference. You know, maybe one has higher profit margin in the case of the plastic surgeon, but this is not as cup of tea to do that type of service all the time. And you make a good point about kind of clustering because a really simple way to understand SEO is, you know, you can only rank for what Google can read. So if you have these like sparse little pockets of information, then the slower you drip those out with things in between, then the less, you know, the longer amount of time it's going to take for you to accumulate enough credibility on that topic to actually rank for it. So there is some advantages. Now, the one thing that you got to kind of pay attention to, though, is depending on your service and your audience, are they going to get bored of seeing 10 topics in a row on your blog? So there is some consideration where you go, okay, well, I really want to rank for that, but I also don't want to alienate my audience. So maybe, you know, we kind of rotate a little bit. So if if we have a schedule of, we'll say, four blogs per month, then maybe we do two or three on the priority and then swap in one or two about something else just to diversify it. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help. And you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. 
Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Uh, that's a great recommendation too, to yeah, keep a little variety and kind of keep things a little bit fresher with introducing something new, but still kind of having that focus towards building topical authority and kind of expertise within an area. I guess what other pieces, like how often are you revisiting like some of these topics, like are you going back to some of the topics and seeing if there's changes to intent or like how often would you say you're revisiting the topics that have been selected? So I'm very process driven. So I like to avoid the wild card when possible. So we try to schedule these out in six to 12 month increments. Now, for the most part, that consistency tends to be more effective than revisiting it on shorter timeframes. One, because you can make knee-jerk emotional reactions in the shorter term when you don't have enough of a perspective with a longer view. So there's some advantage in playing the long game. But then there are also things like where we talk about seasonality, or I actually just had a client on a call earlier today, and they said, hey, in talking to our clients, we found out this opportunity within the services that we offer that we hadn't thought about, that we can actually really address pretty easily. So in that case, the way that I approach it is, okay, well, we need time to do our due diligence to educate ourselves on the topic, close the knowledge gap, speak on the level of the expert that we're representing. So you don't just immediately substitute in or completely change the calendar, but you give yourself time to actually do your homework to speak accordingly. So in that case, we go, okay, cool. Well, we've already drafted in advance next month's topics, but let's use that time as an opportunity to educate ourselves. And so we'll follow up the month after and we'll just sub out those topics. Now, the topics we're subbing out are still valuable. We just now have a more uh, time sensitive sensitivity to swapping out these other ones. So then you just defer those ones. You don't get rid of them. So the ones you already had scheduled, you can still use later. So as it's justified, you can swap them out. But other than that, there's a lot of value in sticking to the plan and being efficient at accruing, as you pointed out, the clusters and, and acquiring enough information on your blog or wherever you're putting this to become the expert and have enough pieces of content to represent that authority. Uh, I I also like that kind of, I guess, subtle point of giving yourself the time to be like an expert on the subject matter that you're promoting instead of just jumping in to create whatever to satisfy it. I think that's a, yeah, a smart piece as far as just client management, client expectations to have that and not try to rush through it just because it's something, it's the new shiny object in the room, but giving yourself that opportunity to really, hey, how can we do this well? And how can we be an expert on this subject in the production process? There's a lot, you know, I'm a huge fan of delayed gratification and 
doing things right in the long-term play. An interesting conversation I had this morning with a lead was, hey, I read a thing, right? Like we always read these things or there's these, you know, read all you want, but it doesn't mean you implement everything. And what the thing they read was is, I heard it's effective to take what's already ranking from somebody else's website. And then if they have a list of the nine best things in my industry, then I write 10 best things. Well, no, you don't. Because why did that person on the website that you're copying even write that to begin with? Like, are you just blindly following them and copying somebody else on a topic you don't know why they wrote because of a blog that you don't know the credibility of the thing, the the person that wrote that? So yeah, I think one of the best things you can do is avoid shiny objects and um, give yourself uh, grace and time to stick to the the path you chose in the beginning. Absolutely. What would you say is kind of the most common mistake that people have in topic selection? Like, is it chasing after just the high search volume head term? Or like, what do you, from your perspective, what's the most common area where people kind of maybe go off course a bit? Volume definitely is is one of the first ones that come to mind and probably equally so kind of what we were just implying is just following what your competitors are doing. It doesn't mean it's working. Maybe I'm not saying to look at it, you know, look at it, look at the data, dig into it, then make a decision, but don't just blindly follow what other people are doing. A lot of times there's these constant pivots in campaigns or desire for clients to request a constant pivot. And that's like the, one of the most detrimental things you can do because as we've, as we've kind of touched on in, in little comments throughout this conversation is there's so much value in the scope of SEO in accruing assets and accruing content and communicating that expertise. And if you're constantly changing the direction in which you're trying to communicate the expertise, then you don't get the opportunity to build up enough of those assets to solidify the perception of customers and search engines that you are an expert on that subject matter because you're changing the things you're talking about too frequently. That's excellent advice. And I'd say if I could hit home any main takeaways for the audience from this, it is that trust the process and framework that you're putting in place and to really have a heightened level of focus on the quality of the traffic that you're driving in and understanding what the intent is and how they can maximize that for their business. Any final pieces that you'd like to add on the topic? I'll just emphasize what you touched on is there's a lot of value in front-loading your efforts. You know, whatever the analogy is about sharpening the ax, if you got four hours, you spend the first three hours sharpening it, right? Kind of thing. It's the same thing with SEO. There's a little bit less flexibility in your pivots compared to maybe paid ads. You can turn those off and on and change words and ads at a moment's notice. But within SEO, it's of your own benefit to invest heavily in the front-loaded research and to not change direction later. Absolutely. Excellent advice there. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks again to Damon Burton, founder and president of SEO National for joining us today. In part two of this interview, which will be published tomorrow, Damien and I are going to continue the conversation and talk about how to beat a billion dollar company in Google. If you can't wait until the next episode and you'd like to learn more about Damon, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his hand is entrepreneur db or visit his company's website damienburton.com and also check out freeseobook.com for a copy of damien's seo book 
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.